We'd like to thank the following sponsors. Welcome to a special Glass Build Connect edition of the Edify Studios podcast. We had the good fortune of sitting down with Nicholas Bagatellos of Bagatellos Architectural Glass Systems at the 2019 Glass Build America show in Atlanta, Georgia. We had a lot to talk about with Nikki Bags, as he's known in the industry. So we went ahead and chopped this up into a three-part special edition series for Glass Build Connect. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to the Edify Studios podcast, discussing the shift of architectural concepts into actual solutions, disrupting the current status quo, and having a blast the whole time. Here are your hosts, Brad Blauser and Brad Walker. Hey guys, welcome back to the Edify Studios podcast, live from Glass Build America 2019. Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. Hotlanta, no doubt. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning, Nick. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. We have got an awesome guest today, Mr. Walker. Oh my God. I'm, we asked, and, and he said yes, and it freaks me out still <laughs> that he's here. And I'm pretty sure he's, he's punking us right now. Well, yeah. I feel honored to be here. Thanks. Where's Ashton Kutcher? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're getting <laughs> punked right now. Son of a biscuit. No, no, no. So for those of you that don't know, and if you don't know, then you don't exist in our industry. Absolutely. Uh, Nick Bagatellos. Bagatellos class, correct? Yes. Nick Small time operator out of the California Hashtag one of the largest ever. Yeah, that's right. In terms of getting things done that you want to see done. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for being part of this. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks you're, for joining us welcome. today. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here, and it's it's good to be in Atlanta. I haven't been here in quite a while, so it's I'm funky happy city. to see this huge room filled with right? amazing so number of people and so many vendors. I, I In trying to find you guys, <laughs> it, it was it was difficult because there's so many people around this room so yeah, it's pretty, we, we, pretty we, impressive we try to actually. stay protected yeah we are so a-list celebrity status that if we're not in the back corner then it is mm-hmm. chaos <laughs> <laughs> you think justin bieber right, is here right, kind of yeah. stuff yeah. there yeah. were some girls that were looking for it it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fan yeah. girls they'll find us i think they were looking for they'll yeah. find us huh? <laughs> ladies ladies <laughs> sneak on by no but this is rad man i really appreciate you being here um i actually reached out to nick on linkedin been following a lot of the stuff that you've been um, sharing and writing um, uh, and just a lot of the articles um, uh, we were talking a little bit before this about the design build process oh, yeah. and the different buyout methods and one thing that um, uh, I really appreciate about Nick's title you know how he actually says okay Nick Beck tell us this is the glass or this is the position that I have and now the only thing that you say below your name is innovation 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 and I, I think a teacher told me once, if you say something three times in a paper, that it really gets the point across. Well, it and, got and the voice, man. that's why I, I put that in there. I truly believe in my heart in innovation. And yeah. more than just for business, right. um, it's about like a passion. 
Yes. And I don't know if I started down that path because of a passion or more. Um, I, I, I got to tell you that the reason I believe in innovation is this. About 15 years ago, I went to Germany to buy equipment, CNC equipment right. for my manufacturing yeah, business. Absolutely. We were moving towards unit wall. We had designed our own systems. We needed equipment. We had to go to Germany. That's where you go. That's right. And so I went there. And when I was there, I saw a 300,000 square foot net zero energy office building. And when I was in Whoa. this building, oh I thought, this is something like from sci-fi. It's things that I had written in my journal that I didn't even believe were possible 10 or 15 years in the future, and they were doing it. So I actually oh was able to um, get a distributorship from a company called Shuko uh -huh. for their photovoltaic curtain walls. I brought it to the US. I started trying to market the product. Their product was about a thousand bucks a foot. I was selling curtain wall for under a hundred dollars a square foot. <laughs> right. And in the first, yeah, yeah. I had a big job for the state of California. They wanted the most innovative stuff in the world. Right. I brought that to the table. I presented, and literally, the developer and the head of GSA, when I told them, and this stuff at the end is a thousand bucks a foot, they laughed and they're <laughs> like, well, "The developer is a friend." He's like. You're not serious. That's You're not joking. <laughs> You're a joker. And I'm like, no, no, that's what it costs. I went back, redesigned the product, and was able to bring the product down to maybe 300 bucks a foot, which those wow. products I can do for maybe 150 to 160 yeah. bucks a foot. Right. But what I learned over the next decade of trying right. to sell that is that the industry is not open to innovation. They're, yeah, the value right. stream with something like that, where you're going to do photovoltaic, you need glass with electrical high voltage low voltage yeah. people can get electrocuted and the industry because of the fact that every single person had to say yes mm -hmm. if anyone said no it stopped the possibility of that moving through right. and it was value engineered out so Interesting. and what happened to me at that point is i believed in it i wanted it i tried hard and that Passion. That passion yeah. and taking the time and energy building the systems right. for an innovative product put me in front of the best architects in the country. It had to. And it, it did had for to. five or six sure. years. And when the economy came back, I was asked into the room with Perma, with with Benson, wow. with really? Enclose. Right. And what happened was they wanted to hear me talk about net zero energy envelopes. And they valued, engineered them out. But I was in the room because I believed it and actually built the systems for it. They VE'd it out, and then I started getting the unit wall project. So my company has grown by 500% sure. over the last seven years, not because of net zero walls and, and photovoltaic. It's, it's a, because I said I would innovate. I did, and it allowed me to grow with my standard products. Interesting. Look, everybody, every industry needs drivers. Right. Somebody yeah. somebody's got to push the envelope. Somebody's got to make it happen. That's the thing that, that I think is, is so wild about our industry is that for something that is so custom, <laughs> every single for something time. that is so custom, <laughs> every the concept time. of doing it different. Right. Freaks the shit out of people. Like it, it does. It, it really freaks does. them out. You know, in the construction community, we work for builders, but they're not anymore. They are contractors. They yeah. are accountants who oversee construction now. Managers. So when you try to do something new, it doesn't fit into the mold of the general contractor's procedures, the way they deal with their insurance. You try to do something yeah. new, it 
freaks them out and reduces. They're only making two or three percent gross Correct. if everything goes right. You shift that with the X wall and the liabilities that could possibly sure. follow make them completely against yeah. any type of change or innovation. So just the standard operating procedures up the chain in the contract world yeah, and insurance stream. world, that value train coming down to you where it gets to that trade organization where you want to bring the innovation and and basically flow upstream. That's what you're right. trying to do, right? Right. right. Wow. And, and so what I can tell people is yeah. that I believed in it, I pushed for it, and it wasn't the innovation that gave me the increase in sales. It was the commitment to it which got me in the room sure. that allowed me to sell the products that I sell. And, you know, we've been consistently following into innovation. Like, Unitized Curtain Wall has been around for 40 for, years. Forever, time, yeah. But it's rarely used, you know? It's only used on high-rise and large campus facilities. Correct. It still hasn't embedded itself in the no. culture of the industry. No, it's still and, way far behind. And I believe that as we move towards automation, which there's a lot of talk about that I 4.0 economy and right. robots coming. Well, <laughs> you know, I've got, I have robots. I have CNC machines. I have automation on my floor. And what I learned early is that you can automate, but it's not about the machine. It's how you teach people yeah. to use the machine and it's how the, you, you build process. And that's the innovation that right. now I followed. And where the BIPV really didn't get me anything besides in front of people the it's the pro the at the same time i started using bim i started using well you had to right i mean well, for, to, to understand the 3d components with inside inside your you know, your system I, I, I actually believe that bim is in the u.s and i'm other it's it's fake. It's fake. The generals, it is. owners, if you're listening, the generals are faking it. BIM today is an as-built 3D drawing in Revit. Sure. The connectivity yeah. that is possible within a BIM project is not being done. Yeah. No, and I can't imagine that. And I know because I use those systems now, and I've you I've I've got them to a point where they've actually they're saving me in my gross. Yeah. I'm picking up two to three percent in my gross because of the communication that BIM has allowed within my sure. organization. Now, I read a report by just Mc wait. Repeat yeah, that really quick. It's two to three percent. My gross over the last three years has increased one percent three years ago, two percent, right. and then this year was three percent. Oh I'm not bidding. Gosh. I'm not bidding higher. My margins aren't no. increasing. My loss is less. And and so wow, there was a report by McKinsey, the, the giant international consultancy. Right. And they, in that report, they said that construction in the world, the average is 30% waste. And that is Correct. purely to communication. It's not that my guys on the CNC aren't standing straight enough and cutting fast enough or <laughs> milling fast enough. Right. You can't make the machines go faster or guys move. It. It's how the system is then introduced to the architect, how the design build process goes, how you ship to site and, this, and the adjacent subs aren't yeah. in the right place. Absolutely. And I see the next generation of innovation in our, in our industry through that 
a true adoption of BIM. Wow. True BIM. Interesting. That's crazy. Well, I, I think we've gotten a taste of how how little you care about the industry. <laughs> you were just wildly quiet about it. Um, so we're going to try to rile you up. Uh, no, no. I think that's I'll a good standard on my seat. <laughs> right. me up and Let's do rage. It. Uh, no, that that that's awesome. I love to see rage that against the waste. Right. Ooh, that's my uh, that's my rage cover band. <laughs> Boom. Uh, so let's let's we've gotten a taste of, of, of where you you kind of were, were pushing and, and where you kind of driven now. Let's go back. Let's go back to to, to when when Nick is uh, is is the young uh, buck trying to figure out what to do. Uh, how did you, how did you decide to get into glazing and and then did you have a de- did you have a choice in that decision? Yeah, that's a good question. I actually, had no intention of being involved in glazing. Okay, um, my father who was a glazer kept us away from the industry except maybe working in the field a little bit sure, when sure. we were kids you know to make some money but my dad wanted me to be a doctor he wanted me to go to college and I never thought of being in the glazing industry until I was 23 years old I went to school as a biology major I actually started in San Francisco in 86 with a firm called Genentech which is the first genetic gotcha. engineering firm in the in the world I worked there for a year. My father worked for a company called Cobbledick Kibbe Glass. Cobbledick Kibbe Glass was the largest that's glazer west of the that's Mississippi. Yeah, that's that's not a real roll off your tongue. Understand yeah. what? Yeah. I've been in- practicing for decades. No, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe you nailed and it. And it's I, I also can't, I can't challenge it's you. It's almost inappropriate. Cobbledick Kibbe. I'm like Cobbledick hey. Kibbe. You know, as a kid, I was like, should I even be saying this? This is um, inappropriate. So that company was a hundred years old when they went out of business in the oh, 90s. Wow. So my father worked with them from 1960 till 1987. And he was a glazer, started out in the field. Right. Um, he moved, he, he ran the Bank of America Tower. Oh, wow. In 1970, he was the lead glazer. After that, they brought him into the office. So my dad wasn't college educated, but my, my father was, you know, that 50s era guy. Military, yeah. went into the trades, excelled. He went into the office, was a project manager for several years. They moved him to Sacramento, where he became an estimator. My dad was a gregarious fellow. And he... I wonder... uh, Gregarious. uh, Gregarious, huh? Loquacious. Loquacious. Verbose. (laughs) I don't know. No, my dad was a man of of few words, but when he spoke, you know, people like listened. He's a strong, strong, good man. So he... the, The company was bought in one of those corporate buyouts in the in the late 90s okay uh, mid 90s and my father fought with the new owners they were they had owned a cosmetic dealership in the east sold it for millions bought this company and thought we're going to go from this company that does all sorts of work fabricates their own glass fabricates their own systems right. has their own installers and we're going to move towards only high-rise and they shifted the the the, the, the culture and the yeah. business. Right. And my father fought with them consistently for years, six years. And at the end, he didn't. We didn't like make this plan to go into business together. He was scared he was going to be fired because he sure. had his best year he'd ever had. He didn't get the bonuses that he would have expected. Sure. He came to me. I wasn't happy with this working this tech engineering job. Right. And he said, "Hey, Nick, how about?" You come to work with me. We'll start a business. I'll pay you almost nothing. You can work really long hours, but I'll give you sounds a piece like of the a, business. Sure. Sounds like a great so idea. he did that. We started in '87. Well, okay. that's a, that's a terrible sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> right. However, right. However, it's also you know not that far off the time of the Microsoft model, where it's like, hey, be part of this now. Right. 
and make almost nothing. So mentally, that makes sense specifically for that time period. At at that time, and you know, it's the opportunity. When I looked at it, I had made a clear decision. I didn't want to become a doctor, and I think I was a little prescient in the. Well, not a medical doctor. (laughs) <laughs> like a wall a doctor. Doctor of walls. Yeah, yeah. Thermal. The unit wall thermal doctor. PhD. Right? Air and water uh, through, infiltrator. Uh, through the University of Hard Knocks. So, make, yeah. so we started in 87. Okay. Uh, my brother came into the company in 88. And we started with, you know, stick curtain wall. Sure. We service. did storefronts, service work. Right. We, my other brother, Jeff, came in. We did that for a decade in Sacramento. Okay. Storefronts, small office building, one and store, two-story buildings. And um, we started in the stick wall, and we had an opportunity to grow. I negotiated a big project. We brought in Wausau to build the unitized. We got right to the point where we were about to bid, and we were non-union, and the contractor said, you got to be union. I brought in a joint venture partner. I went to the union and said, can we do this with them as a union installer. Right. I'll bring the expertise with the with the contractor. We landed the job. They signed a, a three-year deal. We were we were um, successful on the project. It was right as the internet boom started in the Bay Area. Right. 89, 88. Um, I landed three more projects. That each one was more than the gross sales of the of the non-union company that we had. Wow. And. As soon as we landed the project, got them in contract, the union said, um, you can't do this. We're not going to oh, let geez. you. And I'm like, I have a contract, fellas. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're not going to give you men, so you may win in court, but... And we're I, still not like, going to give you men. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I learned a good Ooh. lesson as a young man. It's like, there, yeah. there are rules, and we got a contract that was outside of the rules. So I went to my dad. He's like, look, I'm 60-something years old. <laughs> I don't want... To go do larger work out of the market, higher right. liability. So, at that point, um, my father was generous, bought the shares back from my brother and I, gave us the money to start. We did those projects, wow. and it introduced us to the Bay Area and Silicon Valley. There was so much work that the, the existing players couldn't service the contractors. Right. So we immediately did, you know, a project for Sun Microsystems, two or three large projects that allowed us to do stick wall in a market outside of ours. And and so that's how we started Bagatellus yeah. Architectural Glass, and that was about 22 years ago. So what was, the, what was the company uh, before that? That was Commercial Window Systems. Commercial Window Systems. And that was with my dad, and my dad ran that for another 15 years, retired. So he, he kept going. He, he's, he kept he's going good with that. And he's was good that, and content. Was that at the non-union side? And that was okay. non-union. Oh, gotcha. And we okay. separated the business, separate buildings, separate sure. corporation. Sure. My brother and I went after this. You know, higher liability, but, but but you know, we're young. He didn't have a family at the time. I still don't have a family, so <laughs> I have I have I have no fear of risk. Bring it. That's but my huge. brother is a you know is concerned rightfully about risk and liability. Sure, sure. So you know, the two of us are great business partners because I have no fear, <laughs> and he has a lot of fear. I'm horrible with money. He's excellent with money. So it's me- <laughs> as long as so you meet, as long as you guys meet in the middle, yeah, right. Things and, are going to you know, go just, well. My brother always says no. I'm like, I want to do this. I see this innovation. Let's do that. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do. It. And he's like, no, 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 no. Okay, Nick, I yeah. run. We get it done. I'm like, now I, I want to do this. This isn't. He's like, no, 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 no. Yes. So it's yeah. We've we've but, developed a good one-sided partnership. <laughs> but what but I have money in the bank because of my brother sure. Chris. 
making That's it. Awesome. Making thanks, Chris. It, making, thanks, Chris. <laughs> we all appreciate it. Uh, but the, the, the real thing is that what happens if your dad doesn't do that? Yeah. That's like, a huge, right? that's a huge, he made the turning something happen that, right? for, yeah. for two, you know, two boys who he saw were going to go after it and get it done the way that it needed to be done. He didn't want to be part of that. But, but hypothetically, he goes, you know what? We're good. Let's back off and we'll just go do something. We'll just stick with our stuff. I, you know, what a, and what a great lesson for a young oh, man, man to right. say, look, I may not want to do that. I might not be the right person. I might not have the skills for that. You go do it because I want you to have the opportunity. And, you know, it, that has been a part of our business philosophy is I, I got to say, I have two or three competitors out there <laughs> who were some of the my three of my best players on my teams right. are because other owners and people above them realize that these people were better than they were. Oh, yeah. So there right. was jealousy above and they pushed people out of their for organizations. Sure. And my brother and I are consistently looking for people who are better yeah. at what they do than what we do. That That's should awesome. be the goal. That it should be the goal. The goal should honestly, be to find I, the best people, period. It and it's and a lot of people are Ego. caught up in how they do it and what they want to do. I'm open to find someone who can do it better or has a better right. way. It's just an and, and, it, and it's really benefited our company. I Amazon have, is I, not the same company if Jeff Bezos doesn't go and hire the people the who people. made it the big company. Yeah. Exactly. He, he doesn't have those things. Right. Uh, he has a vision and he fi finds amazing He's still involved, but yeah. he, he knows that he, he's not going to do any of the things right. he needs to get those other people. And that is, in our industry, it is an epidemic that is very toxic. And it's actually, I feel like we're in a weird spot because of that, because we are... We are losing a significant amount of, of really good people, mm -hmm. um, and so it's been a very, very weird uh, time for that. But you're you're absolutely right that that they can get in their own way a hundred percent by pushing the great good people out yeah. instead of empowering them, mm -hmm. which is what you know exactly what your dad and, did and for you. Right, he did that to me, and it's been a lesson with our company. I literally, there's two things that my brother and I do better than other people in the company, but every single task. Right. Every single process in our company was built and improved by my team members, and they're better at it than we could ever sure. be. It's it's it's, it's pretty impressive, and it makes me feel good every day. I can sell, and my brother <laughs> can make sure no matter what happens, there's money at the bank at the end yeah. of the year. Right. So you know we do those two things well, and then we let our our players really lead and and run great projects. It's you know, and I, I, my thoughts go back to what your your dad experienced getting out of the war, coming back through the trades, getting into um, uh, that 100-year-old glass business. And you kind of just, I mean, I, I know I did this with my dad. is just like watching him kind of go through that, understanding what was happening, the conversations at the dinner table would happen. But to bring, to, that that's such a familiar that story. Yeah. That's such a familiar story in yeah. our industry oh, yeah. as far as, because we don't, we don't have kind of going back to the whole point as far as where the talent pool is and what's happening. We don't have that that university trained degree right. person of like I'm going to go to school like you said. Your dad said well, he wanted you to be a doctor. He wanted to be something there, but we don't have that luxury coming back into that. So you kind of understand yeah. like it's like <laughs> my like, old man's line was, you know what? 
because we never, none of us, we all went all, we all went to college. We all just came back into the glass industry. She's like, what did I do? I paid for college <laughs> for you guys to, sure. to eat your lunch? Right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> like, <laughs> Kudos to that, right? That's true, though. It's, it's a lot of glazers are glazers because a glazer was hiring. Right. Right. And then, right. They, then they found that, that they had their path and they found that, that moment. But, but it's not something that a lot of people embark on no. early. Yeah. I love the industry. So I actually, I sell it as a, you should be in this industry. You, yes. can, make a, you can make a ton of money. You can make a ton of uh, you know, uh, influence. You can have a lot of uh, things if you have the drive and grind to it's go do it. It's challenging. It's different it, every it's single creative. day. It's creative. It's creative. Oh, there my God. There is always a different and better way to do every single job. Yeah. That's one of the problems in the industry. It's a huge sure. problem. It's a double-edged it's also, sword. Yeah. Total it, double-edged sword. Yeah, I, I think the creativity needs to be focused towards more standardization and creative ways to create standardization, which will give architects tools to create better, more interesting projects. Because sure. the fact that everything is one-off in our game means that... One-off on you every project. Start every, you, yeah, you yeah. get, everything. you know, I get it. I was just on, on a panel with the lead designer right. from, from um, Permastilisa. Yes, 70-story buildings in Hong Kong and sure. New York and sure. London. Right. Of course, that makes perfect sense. And they save money Because economic of scale is associated and, with and the dollars. Yeah, a yes. million dollars worth of design on a $100 million project might save $2 million worth of, worth of aluminum, right? Absolutely. But in our industry, if you do a 10,000-square-foot retail center, the architect is drawing the system every single time, and he's redrawing the flashing oh, yeah. every time. Yes. It's one-off, and that does not make sense. 10,000-square-foot no. retail centers, 50,000-square-foot medical office buildings, there should be replicable models that people can go to. That From a public sourcing standpoint. Almost. Wow, well, that's huge, actually. I, I, I've, I've Somebody needs to help me build a database. Right? I like I, that, I've thought of that a thousand times because guess what? As, as much as you try to make the, the most unique outdoor outlet mall type of you know yeah. it's i get it but don't put your money into any of that because there's one that's already been developed in denver or there's right. one that's already been developed in in you know maryland right so grab Good that it's like, I work it's with like architects. 70 17 miles away there's been one developed it's, you know what i, I mean? work with architects yeah. it's and the same firm and i'm you know i'm all across the state in california same firm with in sacramento orange county and the east bay will build a building the same type of building, <laughs> sure. and they all use different details. I'm like, how yeah. can that make sense? Why don't you have a standard set of details for stucco to storefront? <laughs> Why would you it's, spend it's your valuable before. player's yeah. time to redraw it, and then for me, the same <laughs> response and the same discussion every time. We can't do that. We need to do this. You need the joint to get... Right. Expansion, contraction, the seismic, the live load, the movement. Well, Absolutely. and for me, and I apologize, architects, slightly, but <laughs> if they've already sold it, you don't need to spend all of your hours, right? Right. I mean, right. It's not like this 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 legal billable hours moment where if, mm -hmm. if you've if you've got it sold and this is what the cost is to run this project and we've anticipated this many like, why not simplify it as much right. as possible? Right. And yeah, I, you sure. know, I think that's been one of my goals over yeah. the last. You know, I've been doing design build for 15 years and probably the last seven or eight, it's only. And yeah. I, my reason, my reason to the architect is, look, you want something that looks this color, you want this type of spacing, how it meets the other substrates and how I seal it 
why don't you leave that to me and tell me what you want aesthetically and I'll create the system that will achieve your aesthetic and your performance and let us do it. It's I can so save you money. Tons of money. Yeah, you know? And that's time. such a frequent conversation having with architects or developers or general contractors. And just let what's the performance requirements for it? Right. What is that design criteria? Uh, where it's we, so where rarely we, happens. Where are we driving from a budget standpoint? Like where? Yeah. Like just like literally those through like three things like design intent criteria and budget. Let me take the reins. Like you know what I mean? Like it's and not a give me your aesthetic. Yeah. Let yeah. me know exactly what you want it to look like. And I will go and I will do everything behind the scenes. Yes. That's it. Right. You, you let me know what, it, what you want it to appear like in photography and on magazine or covers. Or SketchUp or... Whatever the, you want, the, the right? Google when it's, when it's 3D <laughs> rendered, you, you focus there. You focus heavily. You, you pick the colors. You pick all of the glass types. Right. Let me worry about the chassis. Let me worry about how it's going to come and, together. And if, and if you don't, the general is going to VE it and you're not going to get what you want. It's it's you know it's yeah. consistent. There's that it the wasteful that process. Way. That's yeah. the wasteful process. It's you're a wasteful process. About. It's time and money. They're the two things that you have in the beginning. You've got time, perceived time, Perception. and then later on you've got money, and then later you're trading time for money. Right, right. and that's every all you time. can do. It's 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 insane. Thanks for listening to the Edify Studios podcast with hosts Brad Glauser and Brad Walker. To learn more about Edify Studios, visit www.edify-studios.com. That's www.edify-studios.com.